And now, the Husker Athletic Director Show with Bill Moose, presented by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Woodhouse Auto Family. Shop Woodhouse first. 18 brands, 18 locations, one team to help you get on the road faster. Woodhouse Auto Family, the official auto dealer of Nebraska athletics. And now, here's your host, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our monthly sit-down with the Nebraska Athletic Director, Bill Moose. If you want to be a part of the program tonight, 531-500-4686. That's the number to fire off a call or a text if you want to do that. That's our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers, U.S. Cellular Connecting Husker Nation. Well, the semester ended, but Husker Sports continuing on, Bill, and congratulations. You have a championship baseball team that you oversee. Well, uh, that, that's a, a source of pride for all of us, and, and uh, what, a, what a great story. I mean, the, the, the entire story, the uh, weekend story, the Will Bolt story, the, um, the Big Ten playing a, a, a non-traditional uh, conference-only schedule. I mean, uh, Greg, we had so many distractions in all of our sports programs and baseball uh, right in there with the rest of them, and Will and his people figured it out and a great resolve by a, a, a great bunch of young guys, and here we are, Big Ten champions uh, with, a, with uh, one series left to go here at home. I, I'm so proud of them, uh, uh, and we all should be. That, that isn't an easy feat, and, and we did it, and, and uh, there will be more. I'm going to tell you, I like the direction we're going in baseball. Well, it's it's really remarkable. It's the first year for this staff to go through the league. They they started a year ago, but only got 15 games into the season when the pandemic hit and it shut it down. So, first time through the league and they win the thing. Uh, it it is a great story, and just kudos to whoever hired Will Bolt. That that's the that's the cherry <laughs> on top is whoever did that. I think he needs a raise. Hey, what do you know? Uh, no, I I tell you. Um, uh, you you look again, and and you're right on top of it. Uh, calling the the balls and strikes, it's um, uh, it's it's um, a, a, a even more special because it, it, even though it was a condensed season, it was a longer Big Ten season, having played everybody. And uh, there's this is a tough tough conference in every sport. Baseball is no exception. So um, hey. We we, uh, we have great momentum there, and as we as we talk this evening, Greg, and, and you look at, at what we accomplished in this um, in this year, that uh, again, uh, we hope we never have one that's anything like it. Is pretty impressive when you put it all together, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that as we go through the program. Three more home games left, and I know you'd love to see some big crowds out there. I, I told the, the couple of the coaches after the game, I said, this is fantastic. The only thing that I really wish, we could have done this at Haymarket Park in front of our fans, but you, you, don't, you don't pick and choose when you can win a title. You do it when you can do it, and they got it wrapped up in Bloomington on Sunday. But uh, my guess is, Bill, there'll be a few folks coming through the gates this weekend to watch this team and salute this team for what they did. Hail the conquering heroes. Uh, we should Damn. pack that place. Uh, we're going to open the floodgates. Um, I want the photographers there. This is a celebration. I know we got to take care of business. 
And you and I have both seen uh, instances where a championship's been wrapped up and uh, kind of go to sleep. I don't think this group will do that. And this is a fine Michigan uh, ball club. Uh, they're going to come in here, and, and they've got some things to prove. we got to protect our home uh, baseball field and, and get after it. But it uh, looks like the weather's going to hold out nice. And, and uh, let's have a huge crowd, hopefully all three days, and uh, really celebrate this young baseball team and what they've accomplished this year. Fantastic. Bill's with us for the hour tonight, 531-500-4686. In fact, let's get to the phones. Richard and Lincoln, you are up first tonight with Bill Moose. Good evening. Richard, are you there? Well, maybe Richard got gun shy on us, so we'll try to get Richard back. We'll try to get back to Richard. Maybe he uh, went, walked away from his phone. You said we, we have a lot to talk about tonight, Bill. A lot has happened in the last three or four weeks since we last had you on. And next on my list is that a big announcement that you made a week or so ago that Ireland is back in play. The Huskers are going to go over there to open the 2022 season. This was something I don't think you ever gave up on, did you? This is something you wanted to get done. Well, I really did, and for a little bit different reasons in some respects uh, for the upcoming one in 22 as to the 21 uh, that we had scheduled against Illinois. But um, I just think that this is a wonderful experience for our student-athletes and and also for our fans. And uh, as we've talked about before when we first having these conversations on on uh, the early game in Ireland, uh, these people want Nebraska. They want us because uh, of our, our great following and the, how well we travel. It doesn't matter if, if we're going to Northwestern or Iowa or Dublin, Ireland. Our people are going to be there. And uh, this is really working out well because uh, those who had made their reservations and their travel plans can just roll those over uh, for the 22 game against Northwestern and again in week zero. And so um, the, to, to fill in some blanks here, uh, this should be a, a, a real good matchup. Um, but I want, I want our fans and our listeners tonight to understand a, a lot of the, of the strategy here. Uh, as I mentioned, it's a, a great uh, um, opportunity for our student athletes, for our fans. But as it plays out, you know, we have not had good success in Evanston uh, since Scott has been here. We've lost twice up there. All of a sudden, we take that uh, Northwestern home game, and we actually make that a Nebraska home game because uh, I just know we will outnumber their fans over there, and that stadium will be red. And that plays in our favor. Uh, secondly, it gives us a bye, Greg, uh, late in the season before we play Michigan. And we already have a built-in buy from the original schedule before we go on the road to play at Wisconsin. So two tough road games late in the season when, as you know, you can be chipped up, tired, um, and, and really drawing on the depth of your roster gives us a chance to catch our breath. Uh, and hopefully we're going to be in, in the running for that uh, Big Ten West 
title, and, and this really plays in well in that regard, too. So everything lays out really nicely and uh, gives us an opportunity to get some momentum early in the season. We've got a tough tough schedule uh, this next year, and, we'll, and we have a tough one in 22. But uh, this gives us a chance, I really think, to uh, uh, strategically uh, be ready to play some big games with a few more days to prepare. Fans can go visit the website collegefootballireland.com to get information about travel, packages, tickets, and all the details. Again, collegefootballireland.com. Let's try Richard in Lincoln again. Richard, good evening. You're on with Bill Moose. Hello? Yes, sir. Hello, Richard. Yes. I have a question for the athletic director. Uh, what plans are being made to send a portion or all of the University of Nebraska Cornhusker marching band to the game in Ireland? Well, we uh, are in contracted to have uh, the band there. How many uh, is still up in the air? It's going to be a while before that's probably decided. But ideally, we'd have our entire marching band, which is uh, the pride of Nebraska and very impressive. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of our marching band and our spirit groups and all of that. So uh, we will have a presence. And uh, how many and how long uh, they'll get to stay? Still way too early, and and the costs are not uh, anywhere as near. Uh, ready for us to evaluate all that, but we will have a presence with our marching band, Richard. Did I take care of you, Richard? Okay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the phone call. Speaking of the, the band and the cheerleaders and the, the dance squads, it was so great to see them, Bill, at the spring game on May the 1st, and I know it wasn't the full band that was there, but just to have a representative of that and kind of bring some of the sights and sounds of college football. Um, Scott Frost, I think, said it best after the game. He said he needed he needed that day to see all those people again, and all of those people, I think, needed that day as well. What were your thoughts about the way the spring game got pulled together? Well, it it uh, it was heartwarming as I drove in uh, through the Haymarket and such to see it crowded, people in red and smiling and. Uh, on into the parking lots where uh, it looked like days of old, and and uh, it, w- it was very special. And um, I actually choked up a little bit because uh, these fans of ours are are uh, they are uh, unequaled in in college athletics, and more specifically in college football. And uh, they hung with us. They know that we fought to try to get them in Memorial Stadium. Uh, that didn't work. Uh, we continued to fight, fight, and now it looks like we're going to be able to have 100% capacity this fall. And I have every reason to believe that the sellout streak will continue. Uh, we're tracking right now, and we're having very, very uh, good numbers in regards to season ticket renewals. But as we got into the <clears throat> venue itself and to to see the spirit squad to see herbie to hear the band and see people enjoying and clapping and um getting back to what we're used to um it, it was very very rewarding and satisfying and really uh gives us a little skip to our step as we go into the summer and be back in fall camp before we know it 
Very good. Uh, buckle up and put that phone down. That's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. You alluded to uh, season ticket holders have been uh, they've uh, been approached. They, uh, the renewal process is underway. Uh, what about if somebody wants to get on a waiting list? Are you to that point yet where you want to get some people on a, on a backup list in case you have some openings for football tickets in the fall? Yeah, we're fast approaching that, Craig, and and uh, we're up we're up into the ninety percent uh, renewals. So uh, those who uh, want to get on that list and such uh, should be doing it right away because, uh, like I said a moment ago, we have every um, intention of selling Memorial Stadium out again, and uh, uh, and keep that sellout streak active and and uh, our fans need to be on top of this get their renewals done and those who may not have been fortunate enough to have a chance to uh, enjoy Husker football uh, because of, of uh, the in- inability to get a season ticket need to get on that list right away very good again huskers.com slash tickets if you have some thoughts interest in Husker football tickets that's where you need to go and Uh, If you are a season ticket holder, get your information filled out and get it back to the athletic department. It's our monthly sit-down with the athletic director for the University of Nebraska, Bill Moose, brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto Family. Choose your experience with Woodhouse. Shop, finance, and buy your next vehicle in person or online at woodhouse.com. 531-500-4686, a number if you want to be a part of the program with a call or a text. Let's go back to the phone lines. Gordon in Maxwell, you're up with Bill Moose. Good evening, Gordon. Hello. Hey, thanks for uh, coming and being accessible to your fans, Bill. Absolutely, Gordon. Thanks for calling. So, uh, hey, I'm a season ticket holder, and I didn't get an invoice this year. And I know that you've been switching a lot of things to online, but uh, I get so darn many emails from the university now, a lot of promotional uh, events that uh, I you know, don't really want to go to. And so I'm, I'm, are we going to get a paper invoice? And maybe that's the reason you're not 100% renewed yet. Or are, we, are we completely uh, getting away from that? Well, that was the plan, but uh, we're going to take care of you. Uh, you you uh, have have you called the ticket office? Have you have you had any dialogue? No, I I was waiting for a bill or an invoice, and I have looked at the emails, but I get so many from you. It's kind of like, and a lot of uh, people I do business with are this way now. Uh, once they get your email address, they send you so many emails promoting so many events. It's, it's like the boy who cried wolf. You know, you can get lost in all the communication. There might be something important, but I don't see it because of the constant flow. Does that make sense? Uh, you, you know, uh, Gordon, I think you and I would enjoy uh, sitting down and watching Gilligan's Island and Green Acres because I'm in that same category as you. That's why I've got five kids and seven grandkids to help me through all this. And unfortunately, I'm guessing you're probably around the same uh, era as me that we're, we we kind of get lost in the shuffle as uh, as 
our our uh, society is moving all into all this tech stuff, but it is the way we're going. It's going to be a lot easier. We can walk you through it, and we can make sure that what you need, you're getting. And if you're having problems, if you're trying to uh, reach the um, ticket office, you go right to me, okay? Uh, I'm, my uh, address and everything is on our website, and uh, you come straight to me, and I'll, I'll know who you are because we talked tonight. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to uh, – I pay all my bills online. I'm not quite the Green Acres generation. Um, <laughs> I, remember, I remember Gilligan Island from my childhood, but um, it's just the volume of emails that you send unsolicited. Yeah. It's harder to identify one I'm supposed to pay attention to. Because, honestly, when you say too much, I tune you out. And yeah, no, so I know. That's a comment. I'll go, I'll go search all the old emails. Maybe there's one in there saying, hey, it's time to renew your season tickets. I'll try and find it. It just... I don't like to have to work that hard to spend so much money, Bill. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> hey, I I feel your pain, and uh, uh, and that's why I said if you if you have a difficulty, connect with me uh, personally, and I'll help. Thanks, okay. Gordon. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Gordon. Appreciate the call. Let's go up Goodbye. to Omaha next and chat next with Monty. Hey, Monty, you're up with Bill Moose. Good evening. Hello? Yes, sir. Yes. Um, Bill, I have... um, Are you ever going to allow alcohol into the stadium for the home games? Well, that uh, that isn't on the table right now, and I can I, I've learned something in this industry a long time ago. Don't ever say never. Uh, and as you are probably aware, that's becoming the trend more and more because uh, literally every major college football game in the country is on live television. So uh, we've got to continue to explore ways to entertain our fans and and uh, make them want to be here of course the scoreboard's a big part of that but uh, uh, and by that I mean success on the field but uh, we also uh, need to continue and we are exploring what we're doing beforehand uh, at halftime and afterwards and and as you're referring to also during the game itself so I don't rule it out but uh, it's it's not front and center as we speak right now Monty, appreciate it. Let's zip down to Waverly. And Matt, good evening, Matt. You're up with Bill Moose. Hey, Bill. Uh, you know, I'm excited for the Ireland game. Hopefully my wife and I can make it over there. But John Cook always talks about dream big, and I know he said he'd love to have a volleyball match in Ireland during the football game last time it was scheduled. Can you make that happen for us so we can see a volleyball game and a football game together? Well, the, of course, the the football part of it is, is arranged uh, – by our partners and in in Ireland itself and Anthony Travel here in the States. So uh, they are not offering that for volleyball. So that would have to be something that would be done separately. And there are costs involved in all those things. It would be fun. It would be great for our fans. And, again, I'm all about the student-athlete experience in in that regard. So um, as I just mentioned with Monty, uh, moments ago, I, I won't rule it out, but it's not, a, again, front and center uh, that we're something we're looking at right now. And again, we just we just agreed to uh, the, the new game just here in the last week or so. All right, Matt. 
Oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You bet, Thank Matt. Thank you. Appreciate the phone call. Speaking of volleyball, you know, they, they were their season was different this year because of the pandemic. It was in the spring and not the fall. An Elite Eight run for John Cook. And it really has been kind of an elite couple of months, Bill, for your, your athletic department as, as far as success goes. We talked earlier in the show about baseball winning the conference championship, but you've had a handful of sports here in the last month or two that have really competed at a very, very high level, not only within the conference, but nationally. Well, uh, it, it, this should be a source of pride to Husker fans everywhere because of the disruptions, the challenges, the lack of our great fans in our venues, shortened seasons, um, cancellations, postponements, uh, COVID testing, um, all the things that uh, were new to these young people, and yet they wanted to compete. They, they uh, across the board, uh, ha- have these dreams since they were young, and uh, uh, it wasn't going to be normal, but they, we got, gave them a chance to compete. And I, I, I think about mo- how we had to move everything but football primarily into uh, late fall and, and early winter and on into the spring. So... Uh, for example, volleyball and soccer were moved to the spring. That was a lot more uh, burden to our, our staff. No complaints. I think we pulled it off beautifully. And then you look at what we accomplished. Uh, we talked about baseball and a Big Ten championship. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, women's golf finished in second place. Big Ten is very tough in women's golf. And, and we had the individual champion. Um, you look at, as, as uh, Greg mentioned, uh, a uh, ho-hum <laughs> uh, Elite Eight in volleyball. Uh, I mean, that's more the norm than it is the exception. And, and uh, I know we were all pulling to win a national championship in Omaha. Anytime you get to the Elite Eight in anything, uh, that's an accomplishment. Uh, let's look at uh, uh, wrestling, uh, fourth place in the Big Ten, the toughest conference in wrestling in the country. Mark Manning and his people doing a great job. Uh, uh, men's gymnastics, fourth in the nation. Uh, and then <clears throat> when, when we uh, stop and look at bowling that we talked about earlier, I, I believe a bowling winning a national championship coming from from uh, the loser's bracket and winning there. I mean, it goes on and on of, of uh, as I, I mentioned, a source of pride for all of us. And then factor in also 11 individuals winning Big Ten individual championships in, in the sports across country, men's and women's track and field, uh, women's swim and dive, and uh, as I mentioned, women's golf. I couldn't be more proud of these young people and, and what they accomplished in, again, a very challenging and tough year. And uh, we, we uh, have come out of it, I think, stronger and better, more confident, more embracing of each other. Uh, and look out, as, as we get back to normal, the Huskers are, are going to ascend to new heights. And uh, I know that we all feel very good right here, right now, about getting back to normal, having our fans back, our great fans. And uh, away we go. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of our coaches, our staff, and all of our over 650 student athletes, and also our tremendous fans who have answered the call every time we've asked. 
No doubt. It's been a tremendous couple of months. I'm glad you're able to, to document some of that for all of us. And delighted to welcome on board the program Mitch Sherman of the Omaha World Herald, and or not it used to be the Omaha World Herald. I, I, I said that because of a Freudian slip, Mitch. He's now at the Athletic. I, I mentioned earlier in the hour, Mitch. I said I first met you. You were you were the beat writer covering Husker baseball. It's the first time that I really met you and got to know you, and that was eons ago. We've that was like a different lifetime ago, but uh, that's where we first crossed paths. It's like some of the memories come back when you see Will Bolt out there getting the. Gatorade thrown on him. You know, I'm thinking like 2001 all over again. How cool was that? Uh, what a job he's done. Can you can you put it into words what his first time as a head coach going through league play to win the championship? That's pretty darn impressive. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this earlier this week or, or on Sunday after they, they clinched the title. And to do that in his first year, and I understand, you know, and Will was Will – was, gracious and was quick to point out that he inherited a different situation than some other coaches in Nebraska and that uh, Darren Erstad left the, the cupboard pretty full for him. But, I, you know, I, I thought about the challenges that he faced in going through the first portions of his debut year and then getting the season cut off the way it did, not get to play in the Big Ten, and have to turn over your roster in a certain way. I mean, he benefited from being able to have some guys come back as super seniors, obviously, but the way that you recruit and the way that you build a roster in a sport like baseball where scholarships are, are so unusually distributed and, and create challenges that, bas- that don't exist for basketball and football because you split them up, um, it's a multi-year thing to build the roster. So for him to do this, in his first full year after he was faced with the challenges that he saw a year ago is maybe even more impressive than doing it right out of the gate and certainly more impressive than doing it in a normal second year where you've been with this team for you know a full 18 months or 20 months it's um it's a great accomplishment and you know you can put it right up there with the job that his own coach, Dave Van Horn, did back in in his second season in 1999 to uh, to win a championship, and 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 I was there to cover that one. Um, I remember the regional at Ohio State that year after the surprise Big 12 tournament championship, and and uh, you know I know Will um, is hoping to uh, to have a, a longer stay next week uh, in the next weekend in the regionals than, than uh, that 99 team did, which was uh, Coach Van Horn's first uh, first conference title. Mitch, does he coach like he played? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I haven't been there a ton to watch them. Or I've, I've watched them quite a bit on TV this year. And you see the aggressiveness. Um, there's there's really a, um, you know, tenacity. I mean, Will, Will played like a guy who was – Six foot two, you know, 190 pounds. <laughs> swung a, swung a big bat. You know, had had warning track. You know, home run power. Um, and, and in reality, he came in a much smaller package. But it was his, uh, his toughness and his attitude that made a huge difference for him. You know, he was he was built like a guy who should be playing Division two ball, and there he was as a captain and a leader right from the start, a leader right from the start. I mean, he was a captain late in his career, but he was definitely a leader right away um, among that class of Huskers who took Nebraska, carried Nebraska to a new level. He came in 
with guys like Adam Stern and John Cole, who were similar to him and not being real big in stature, but just had a ton of heart and 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 willed Nebraska. They wanted it more than the guys that they were playing against almost every night. And you see that with him as a coach for sure. Busy with Mitch Sherman of the Athletic here on Sports Island. The Huskers wrapped up the Big Ten title on Sunday in Bloomington. Three home games to go with Michigan coming in this weekend. One of the coaches on the staff when Will played was Rob Childress, Mitch, and you got to know him really well. Uh, got dismissed this weekend at A&M. Thoughts about that? And, and I doubt Will's on the list for them. Maybe he would be, but your thoughts about Rob Childress and, and the run that he had here, first of all, as a pitching coach, and then what he did down at A&M. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I think A&M being in the SEC and being in the state of Texas where there's always that presence from Austin, and I think it, it, it it's more painful for Texas A&M to have a year like this. And, you know, A&M's on the, uh, kind of the other end of that spectrum. When I talk about Will, the job he's done being maybe more impressive than a normal second year because of the way that the, the pandemic created roster challenges. Um, you know, they had a, the, 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 the roster challenges that you see had, had a huge effect, I think, on A&M this year, which had been the 13 consecutive regionals through 19. And then all kinds of stuff happened, and they had – guys that they were expecting to leave who didn't leave. And you saw a guy like Max Anderson end up in Lincoln because of it. And I'm sure Texas A&M is thinking, man, wish we wouldn't have let that one go. Um, so it works both ways. And Nebraska was somehow able to benefit from all of the craziness or, or, or maybe they were just that well prepared while A&M, I think, uh, you know, was on the other end of the stick and had an unusual year for sure for Aggie baseball under Rob Childress, but I mean, his record speaks for itself, not just at A&M, but at Nebraska. And it's amazing, you know, more than 15 years after he left Lincoln, just how significant his impact remains. He has so many, there's so many people in the, in the community and in, in the baseball community um, still around the state of Nebraska and around Lincoln who have huge respect for Rob Childress. And it's, it's evident in, in all of the times that he has brought A&M back to the College World Series. I've, I've spent some time around him and his coaches on those trips, and you can see the respect and the the, uh, the memories that exist from his time in Lincoln and just the impact that he made on young players here who, who have grown up and become coaches um, and, and, and parents of, of, of players who've, who've spoken about, about the way that he recruited kids in the state and the way that he coached those kids and turned – um, you know, just guys on ball fields around high schools in Nebraska into Major League Baseball draft picks, and in some cases, Major League Baseball pitchers. So um, wherever he goes and whatever he does after this, and I know he has a son, Max, um, you know, it's crazy thinking about Rob's kids because I remember when they were born, um, his daughter is a, is a Nebraska grad, um, and his son is, is – um, is I believe a senior next year in College Station, so I would expect that he's going to be a, want to be around College Station next year and wherever he goes after that, whether it's back into a head coach's role um, or if he decides to retire. Um, I don't I don't think Nebraska is going to be far from his mind and, and far from his heart, and I would expect there's a possibility that we're going to see him around this part of the country, um, maybe more even than we than we did um, while he was at A and M. 
fantastic. Great guy. Everybody that, that knew him while he was in Lincoln has nothing but glowing things to say about Rob Childers. He'll land on his feet. He's still got a little tread left on those tires as well. Somebody would be foolish not to hire him. Uh, we've not talked to you since spring ball ended. At what what are you kind of working on right now? Husker football never gets too far from any of our minds. What's what's mm-hmm. on your plate right now? Uh, well, talk to Eric Chenander today. Uh, we've got our state of the program series that's rolling out with a new team every day, and Nebraska's up in in early June. So that'll be an in depth look at really everything about this Nebraska program. And and it was it was good to get some thoughts from uh, Coach Chins today about his 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 feelings on the progress of the defense coming out of the spring. You know, I, I feel like the spring was so much about the offense because there are more questions there because there's um you know there's there's been a lot of turnover at the running back spot at the receiver spot a lot of young guys and and new guys transfers to work in at those positions and of course questions about uh who's going to back up adrian martinez and 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 how was was martinez going to progress through the offseason the defense was in the background um but it's a huge part of what nebraska uh where nebraska needs to be successful in 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 2021 to have um, a team that can can get back to the postseason. And um, Eric, uh, we talked today about the progress that he saw. And, you know, it, it was interesting to get his thoughts on those two safeties, uh, Deontay Williams and Markel Dismuke, who uh, were needed this spring for the reps um, on the defensive side and took um, a little bit different route than some of the other older guys on that defense. You saw JoJo Doman and Ben Stilley, fellow six-year seniors who – who opted um, for the for their own health? I think to to sit out this spring, not risk injury. They obviously know what's going on on that defense and can still be leaders while they're not out there at practice and were. Um, but it makes all it makes it all that much more impressive what Williams and Dismuke did on the back end for for that defense this spring. And I, they just have so many leaders on that defense. I, I think the you know the the ability for Nebraska defensively to improve from 2020 to 21, where, where they were very good toward the end of the season in, in, in 2020, um, statistically, uh, it's, it's, uh, there, there, there's a lot there. For the, there's a lot of room for these guys to improve, and, and Janander is high on, um, on where they're going and how they're going in that direction. So um, good to get his thoughts today. Um, of course, you know, the focus is going to remain, I think, primarily on the offense this offseason, but um, I spent some time uh, – listening to the defensive side uh, today. Do you get the feeling that they're good enough defensively to keep them in pretty much every game? And, and that's, that'd be a tall task because Oklahoma and Ohio State are on that schedule in the fall. Are they, are they that good that they can hang in with those, even those kind of teams? Well, they're going to need it. They're going to need it to be all three phases when they go to Norman and, and when the Buckeyes come to Memorial Stadium. You, you, can't, you can't win that game being one-dimensional as a team, um, you know, maybe Alabama could uh, against those two teams, but that's about it. So Nebraska is going to have to play its best game in, in every phase, on special teams, on offense, on defense. But I think the defense can be counted on to lead the way in those games. If ne- Nebraska, I, I believe, is going to structure game plans early in the year to be able to rely on its defense and hopefully it's special teams. You know, there, you know, there's been a lot of focus on special teams this off season and Mike Dawson's 
uh, emergence, his stepping into that role as a special teams coordinator. They now have a coach on the field who coordinates the special teams and a change from what we saw last year as an analyst held that role. And, and I, think it's, I think it's genuine, all of the talk that we heard through the spring about the, the, um, the doubling down for Nebraska players, you know, the comments from Travis Fisher and the guys in the secondary about how you don't play if you don't earn a starting position on one of the special teams units. You know, that was really significant to hear, I think. And, and that's a big part of it, as big of a part of it as the offense and the defense are. And, you know, if you're going to go to Norman on September 18th and be in that game when the fourth quarter starts, it's going to be led, I think, by a great defensive effort, but it's going to take um, a lot from the special teams and the offense, too. Very cool. Uh, when, when will you po- have you posted that yet, or can we see it in the next couple of days? Uh, the stuff from from uh, the interview with Shenander will, like I said, be a part of that state of the program story. So, gotcha. um, still a couple weeks away. Very good, Mitch. Always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, have a great summer. I'm sure we'll be in touch. Yep. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Greg. Time to talk a little Husker track and field with the head coach of the Big Red, Gary Pepin. Coach, great to have you with us tonight. How odd, how strange well, thanks, is it, Greg? Been? Glad to be on. How odd and strange was it, Coach, this spring not to go to Austin or Lawrence or Des Moines for the uh, all the big relays that you'd normally go to? It was uh, it was really a, a tough year, very tough for the staff and tough for the kids. And at the same time, we didn't have hardly any complainers uh, with the kids. They kind of took it in stride and but I hope we don't ever have another one like this. <laughs> you and a lot of other people <laughs> hoping that's yeah, the case. That's right. uh, Big Tens were a couple of weeks ago. What you? What was your feeling coming out of there? What did you feel like? Well, first of all, normally we always go into that meet with one goal in mind and trying to, to win the championship. And, and, of course, you know, I suppose a, a month before that or so, you know whether or not you really have a, a, an opportunity to do that with the troops that you had. Uh, on, on the women's side, we just we weren't very good, and we had some people hurt as well, and, and a couple key people, which hurt us some, but we weren't going to win it. But on the men's side, we thought we had a chance to beat Battle in Iowa for the championship, and and so we were uh, real disappointed that, that we only ended up fourth. And at the same time, we had eight people in that meet uh, that would have scored high, that would have moved us into an easy second position, but they were either, most of them were at the meet and either got hurt at the meet or didn't get to the meet. And, and so some of those factors we, we couldn't control. So I felt like that the, the women did not have a good meet at all. We're going to have to get a lot better. I thought the men were on the right track. We just We just weren't quite good enough that day. Coach, you had a, a female javelin thrower that just demolished her PR in Maddie Harris. Did you see that coming at all? She she cleaned everybody's clock in the Big Ten meet. Yeah, Maddie, uh, just as you mentioned, is just a, a freshman and has an absolute uh, rocket for an arm. And so she she is going to be very, very good. And I think she comes into this meet the highest ranked of, of any of our athletes into the preliminary round of the national championships. And I believe she's either, I think, fourth, but she may be third. 
That is amazing. I mean, it, what, she just had an incredible meet, won an individual title. Because you, you did. You, you won some individual titles at the Big Ten. So you had some people that did some really good things. Tell me what this week you're going to a, a wet, an NCAA West preliminary round right down in College Station. Is that where the athletes are headed? Yeah, right. We're down here, and I'm, I'm down here now, and it's been um, a little bit unusual weather, I guess. I'm not down here a whole lot at this time, but apparently they've been – getting a lot of rain, and we had some lightning delays today for practice and very cloudy, almost like you think you would be off of the gulf or something when stuff comes in. Yep. They have a, uh absolutely uh, wonderful new facility that's about two years old. I would guess it's probably the second or third best facility in the United States behind Oregon and the University of, of uh, Texas. Um, what they do is, of course, there's a, a East preliminary meet or preliminary round to the national championship and a West preliminary round. And they take in 48 uh, of the top individuals in the West and 48 in the East. Then they bring in uh, 24 relay teams to each. And then in order to advance, you have to finish uh, in the top 12 as a relay and in the top 12 uh, individually. So uh, it gets um, obviously really competitive. And, and normally the West Regional in most of the events is a little tougher than the East Regional, but, but not always. You've got a, a high jumper in Mason Connor. Does, does he have a chance to, to make it out oh, this yeah. weekend and get move on? Absolutely, yeah. I I would say uh, we brought down 33 people, uh, which is uh, more than we had, uh, I think, the last time that we went uh, to this to this meet. Uh, but we have um, oh maybe one, two, three, four, five or six women that have a good chance to to advance, and on the men's side. We have more than that. We have uh, not just Connor, but a four by 100 meter relay that has a chance. Uh, uh, at least two uh, good male hurdlers and Daniels and Sidoff. Uh, at least one triple jumper. Uh, Berger Lambert, the, our shot putter and the conference indoor champion, comes in at ninth. Uh, Tyler Lunger from right over there, at Galena, or from uh, from uh, uh, gosh uh, Geneva. Glean, I'm back down home in Kansas now. <laughs> in Geneva, uh, he comes in, I think, at maybe ninth or something in the in the pole vault. And uh, Mikey Hoffer from Topeka, Kansas, has a good chance in the high jump, but he's also in two events, in the high jump and the long jump. Well, so what, are they breaking this up? Are you, are you doing the men one day, the women the next? How are they structuring yep. this meet? Absol- absolutely, and... And in some ways, um, I don't think that is particularly uh, good because a lot of people, spectators, when they come to the meet, want to see both genders and not just come for one because that makes them have to stay longer. Uh, and it also draws out the meet, I think, longer for, uh, you know, everybody. And then they're not letting the uh, the genders watch each other get into the meet which is, is really a shame because in a lot of cases, I'd say the majority of the cases, you know, the kids train together, they travel together. Well, they want to watch and support each other, and that's the same thing that happened with the indoor. Is that because of COVID restrictions? 
I think so, and 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 uh, down here, uh, from what I've seen so far, it's probably fifty-fifty on masks. Are they not letting just regular spectators come into the meet? That would be disappointing. Yes, they they are doing that here. Um, and uh, there was something. Oh, and I guess for the coaches, at least, if you have been uh, vaccinated. Um, then you don't have to wear the mask at the site of competition. That's good. That's really good. Well, Gary, good to catch up with you. Be safe down there. Uh, We'll be following the progress of your teams over the next four days, and let's hope we get a bunch of them that punch their ticket to the NCAAs uh, later on in June. Okay, well, thanks, and thanks for having me on. Uh, Tomorrow night, we're going to wrap up our series of reports of Around the Big Ten for spring football. It's our last blitz of the month of May. We'll have that. Our our guy that works with Bob Euchre and Lane Grendel will be with us, our Major League Baseball insider, coming your way tomorrow night. And Faisal, I don't think I did very well again. I think you probably have lengthened your lead. I, to be honest with you, I... I don't know. I, I can't I can't remember if I have or not. I think you had a good week again. Austin, we know had a bad week, but we'll see uh, how we all fared tomorrow night on Buy Sell. That'll put a wrap on the night show. Thanks to Ben, to Austin, to Mick, and to all of you for being a part of this one tonight. Have yourself a great night. We'll do it again tomorrow. Good night.